You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. So favorite draft day moments in Panthers history, draft day moments ever. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Some of this stuff. Hold on. It's Wes. We got to say R.I.P. to Springer. You know what I'm saying? Jerry Springer. And Walker. Wes, I'm going to ask you a question. What's up? It is the day of the number one overall selection. This is true. And you told me to stop talking about the NFL draft. Just to real say, quick. hold on, let's send an RIP out to Jerry Springer. He's a part of our show, though. <laughs> Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. He's a part of our show. Wait. <laughs> stares at Fiddy, disappointedly so. It did actually bring up a question for me to you, Wes, and to the listeners, even though I'm, I know Fiddy would be frustrated. It's a new year. It's 2024. We usually play Billy Joel at 2 o'clock every single Friday. Is 2024 the time that we decide to move on from Billy Joel and do something yeah. different at 2 o'clock? I think it's time. You I think do. it is time, so I you're do. not really with it either. I know that's got to be frustrating for Fiddy because he loves this song, but the thing is, even Colin passes the window. It's not just us. I want people to understand this. It's not just Wes and Walker. Even Colin, <laughs> who walking by, hears the song and looks at you, and all he does is tilt his head, and he's very disappointed in you playing this song once more. Is this a song you listen to like on a sad day? Because this sounds like something this is why I ask. In, the, in the car. You this know, is why I had a tough day and you play it. No, um, not on a sad day. It's an any day song because it's my favorite classic rock song of all time. Um, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, the song's not going away until I go away. So We're there's the ultimatum. That. You want to hear a different song at 2 o'clock on Friday? Get choppy. All right, it's Fiddy's last show here on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Sending your farewell text now. Absolutely. We got one more hour to get those texts in, telling Fiddy good luck and on whatever it is that you're going to be doing in the meantime. And we welcome Shrop come Monday, and we won't hear any more Billy Joel. So that was a disappointing response from Fiddy. What are the biggest disappointments for the Carolina Panthers this season? We're going to include Fiddy since it's his last show. We'll go around. We'll start to rank them one through three because I know Matt and Bone did this. They talked about the biggest disappointments for the Panthers this year. I imagine most are going to be on the offensive side, but it doesn't mean you have to only stick on that side of the ball. That's why we're going to do both. Perhaps there are some defensive players that you wanted to roll with. Do you want to roll first or you want me to go first? Wes, your call. Uh, I can go first. What you got um, for us? The biggest disappointment for the Panthers to me on the offensive side of the ball, fair or unfair, it's got to be well, I won't say it's got to be because there's plenty of blame to go around, but I'm going to go with Bryce Young. Uh, you know, I just Number think one. Back, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go back to uh, the thoughts that we had about him, and and, uh, and I'm not saying I'm giving up on him. I don't think he's going to be the player that I think he's going to be, but based off what we thought, the type of season that we thought he was going to have, I mean, we thought he was going to be over 3,000 yards. I thought at least 20 touchdowns, somewhere in that range, just based off everything we had heard coming out of camp, coming out of preseason practices based off what he'd done uh, at Alabama and everything seemed to be matching up coming into the season. The the cerebral play and him being ahead of things and them talking about that they could open up the playbook and expand it with him. So all these great things we heard, I was expecting big things out of him. And so, yeah, I know it hasn't been all of his fault with the situation around him. Offensive line receivers, I get it, but still didn't see enough flashes from him this year to make me say definitively yeah. after the year one, 
he's the guy. I think that's fair. I know Mac and Bone did not put Bryce Young on their top five list, if I'm not mistaken. I think that might be true. I, we can go listen to it on WFNZ.com and go listen to that podcast. That's one way to find out. But I don't think they had him on the top five. Their reasoning was the fact that they also included, I believe, David Tepper. I think they included Scott Fitterer. So some of the players, some of the people in the organization, not on the football field. But also, there's plenty of things going wrong around Bryce Young. I don't have Bryce number one. I won't tell you where he is or if even if he's on the list. Number one for me, I have Icky Aquanu. I think Icky, from what I expected, coming into this season based on what he did last year, at a premium position, something that really matters to this team and to all NFL teams, I thought Icky was going to take a step up. And even last year, I thought he played pretty well. I know there were some stats that came out about him getting a lot of help. I understand all of it. But remember how much we talked about how important Icky was going to be this season, especially for how small Bryce Young was. Now, the size really hadn't been the problem, at least from an injury standpoint. But Icky still isn't doing his job in pass protection. Run blocking, I think he's been pretty good. But pass protection, he's just given up too many sacks. And if if there's been a really good pass rusher on the opposite side, Wes, that guy's usually gotten a couple of sacks that game. Sometimes it's been a Bryce fault, but a lot of times Icky just has been playing with good enough technique. And this is a guy you drafted sixth overall. You thought he was going to be able to take that next step. Didn't even come anywhere close to it. He He's had some stretches where at least he gave you solid play, but I thought there were too many plays that blew up the offense, uh, Wes. I thought there were too many plays that blew up the drive. And that's not great for a number one overall investment in your QB. Icky's my number one option. I thought about a few different players here, but Icky's my number one guy. What you got, Fiddy? Who's your number one pick for biggest disappointment? I'm going to go with Miles Sanders just because remember all the talk that man did back in the spring and said it wasn't a big difference between here and Philadelphia. The offensive line. The Ooh. offensive line. Yeah. And, and, what, and, what, <laughs> and look, he was a player as much as any coach that was gassing up what the offense was going to be and what it was going to do. And we wanted this guy benched by like week three. And we really learned that he was a beneficiary of playing with Jalen Hurts and playing in that Eagles offensive system. And he was never the running back he needed to be to help Bryce Young be the, the have the rookie season we wanted him to have. Miles Sanders for Fiddy. Icky Aquanu for me. Bryce Young, number one for Wes. Wes, why don't you keep going here? What's your second biggest disappointment so far for the Panthers? Um, And then if I go over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, I would have to go with Brian Burns. I mean, it's some of the big ticket items that you've got here, but I thought that Brian Burns was going to be a guy that, uh, based off everything you saw, it looked like his trajectory was going up to 12 and a half sacks last season. He seemed to be a guy, you know, that was garnering – trade offers from other teams for multiple first-round picks. And to me, that has a status of you being one of the premier players at the position. And I know his pass rush win rate is up there uh, in the top 10 of the NFL, but just not enough sack production uh, for me this season, not enough of him dominating games, uh, especially a lot of the times when he's playing on the same side as a Derrick Brown. Uh, The tackles for loss, you still like the production there. But uh, I wanted to see more from Brian Burns this season. I expected more uh, from him, and I thought he was going to surpass his total from last season. All right, so you have Bryce Young, number one. You have Brian Burns, number two. I have Ike Aquanu, number one. And my second pick, given where each of these guys are in their career, 
given where I thought they would end up this season, I've, I have DJ Chark number two. I thought DJ Chark was actually going to come in and be the deep target that Bryce Young had hooked up with so much in training camp. Yeah. I, look, training camp MVPs, they never go right for Carolina. The only one that I can even rem- – there, there are two that ended up panning out in their own way. I can go to Josh Norman. But it didn't pan out in the MVPs that he won. Like, it was actually a couple years later before he had the All-Pro year and then gets the big old contract from Washington. But before that, he was always Spartanburg MVP, and then it didn't necessarily translate in the regular season. Curtis Samuel was always that guy, but then he'd get hurt. He had the one 1,000 total yard season, and then he goes to Washington, too. It's funny. I guess the Spartanburg MVPs end up playing for the commanders. Uh, DJ Chark was kind of on that line. Even a couple of receivers, but man... You would see reports on The Athletic from Joe Person, whoever. If you were down there, hey, Bryce starting to hook up with DJ down the field, and that's exactly why you brought him in. I I, I thought he was really going to help, and perhaps that's just my own opinion of what I saw DJ be when he was healthy with Detroit, even what we saw he could be in Jacksonville. But he's done absolutely nothing except for the blown coverage in Seattle with Andy Dalton at QB and Green Bay. We can even go back to Jacksonville had three drops on that set of downs that could have put some points on the board. Yeah. But instead, there's a big old goose egg. I didn't think DJ Chark was going to be this all-pro, pro-bowl receiver. But I did not think there would be a monster gap between Adam Thielen and DJ. And there is. I Just a, a huge gap. Hadn't helped at all. He's second on my biggest disappointment list. What else you got, Fitty? I'll go with uh, TMJ. Because this has been a guy that hasn't gotten a helmet in, what, eight weeks? This was a guy that was so bad that had a career high in receptions and was forgotten about in the next game. Uh, was a you know at this point is a bona fide bust. He's not going to be here in Carolina next year. And remember the way we were talking about him this time last year, the way he emerged as that vertical deep deep passing threat for Sam Darnold. He was never that for Bryce Young and. It's really disappointing to see. Yeah, it's funny that I think you could justify all of the answers. Brian Burns, I think, is too high. I, I wouldn't put him at second. I understand we wanted more production. I think it's fair to say he's been a disappointment. I think there's too many bigger ones for me to put number two. But you justified it with him just not getting home nearly as much. So I get it. Who's number three on your list? Uh, number three for me, it's got to be J.C. Horn. Uh, at this point, you've only played in 21 games in your pro career. And, yes, when you are out there, you are a uh, a great player. There's no question about that. But, like they said, one of the top abilities is availability. It's been said over and over again, and it can't be more true when it comes to this guy. And it's just constant disappointments. And I know it's got to be frustrating for him, but it's like every time he comes back, man, it just seems like there's just something all the time. And, and we've seen it all the time in sports some players, their bodies, they just can't get right. I mean, we know that our bodies aren't meant to crash them into other human beings and do some of these things that these guys get out there and do it. His body just doesn't seem to be one that's cut out for the rigors of the NFL, and that's not his fault. He can't help getting hurt. Some of them have been freak situations, and some of them have been more uh, kind of natural occurrences. But uh, J.C. Horn, for better or for worse, to me, for this Panthers fan base and everything that they feel about him when he's out there on the field, it's just as much disappointment to me as him not being on the field, which he hasn't been very often at all. Yeah, that one's tough because he's a good player. He shows production when he's on the field. He's one of the better cover corners, and yet he's it's just been way too many injuries. And so I hear you on J.C. Horn coming in at number three. This is where I have Bryce. I think you have to have Bryce somewhere in the equation. Yes. 
because you and I both, I think you and I are both pretty much on the same page, on the same paragraph, on the same sentence when it comes to our thoughts on what Bryce Young could be coming into this season. And there's a lot that are at his, there's a lot at his feet as to why the offense has not gone right. I think the offensive line has been terrible. It hasn't helped. The wide receivers have not been good unless you're throwing within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage to Adam Thielen. That's the only thing consistent that you've been able to rely on and maybe even a little bit of the Chuba Hubbard running game. But I did think that Bryce Young was the most NFL ready compared to all of the other QBs. Look, I still think Bryce can be good. I I still think that. But man, this season went, I don't want to say 180 degrees. When when you have that much confidence in a rookie QB coming in, it, there there still has to be some level of doubt because we've never seen him do it before. But Wes, you and I both did not expect it to go this poorly. No. And even against Jacksonville, he wasn't good. Even against Green Bay, the first few throws that he had, there were some misses. So I, I don't think we can absolve Bryce Young of everything. Even if there's a lot of work to be done on that side of the ball, clearly. I don't think we can absolve him of everything. And so that's why I have to put him in a top three scenario, even if I think there are bigger disappointments. I have Icky. I have DJ Chark. You could argue some of the other guys. Like for Austin Corbett, I thought he could come back and help out. But there was always injury concern. The guy didn't play, what, like the first three, four weeks? Then he got injured again. At Bozeman, even if you go back to last season, he was always a better run blocker than he was pass protector. Chandler Savala, I, I, I wasn't sure he was going to be great. You know, so like even if the offensive line is really hurting Bryce, I can't point to some of the individual protectors and say they've been a bigger disappointment. I expected more from Bryce than I did from Chandler Zavala or Bradley Bozeman in the pass protecting game. That's why I have Bryce number three. Why don't you bring us on home, Fitty? You know, this is where I'll have Icky because I, I thought this guy was poised to become not an elite left tackle, but a Pro Bowl left tackle and really solidify that side of the offensive line. And we're, I mean, we were by the middle of the year, we're sitting here saying he's got to be moved to guard because he can't play left tackle at this position or at this level. Really disappointing because he was, he was really good last year, a good road grader in the, in, in, in the run game and was adequate as a pass blocker. That didn't translate this year. He's like me on the basketball court. He's like three steps slow now. And they got to do something because he, <laughs> he cannot be the, uh, the blind side blocker for Bryce Young for the next decade. He doesn't get winded like that, though, does he? Uh, I don't oh, think I'm pretty so. sure he does. <laughs> well, running away from all the defenders that <laughs> are harassing him in the pocket. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps he does get a little winded. We can read some of your text on the most disappointing Carolina Panthers on the other side of the break. Carolina Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610. <clears throat> there you go. He reminded me. We got some tickets. You want to break it on down? Because I don't have all the information here on what tickets we're handing out, Fitty. So why don't you tell the people exactly how they can win some tickets for a Charlotte Hornets basketball game? Yeah, Walker is looking for caller number seven. Wow. To get That's two. just more work for you, but okay. Uh, you're going to come back here and do it because you forgot to give them away. For two tickets. I got to go pee. To see the Hornets and mm. the Bulls back home in Charlotte next Monday. Uh, that's January 8th. So caller number seven, 704 570-9610. Two tickets to see the Bulls and the Hornets at Spectrum Center. All right. All right. One more time. 704-570-9610. If you are the seventh caller, you get those tickets. We'll be back with the top 10 list. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
Welcome back, folks, to the Weston Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ on a football Friday. Last one for the Panthers. Let us know how down the text line who's going to be going to the game. Do you guys even care? What type of crowd do you expect? I looked at the tickets yesterday morning. I think there were tickets as low as $15 on Ticketmaster. So, All right, so still pretty good. Uh, pretty good value for your... Oh, big-time value. Anytime you can get an NFL ticket for $15, I mean, you pay that for a hamburger yeah. in that place. So, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, yeah, so that should be pretty good. But as I said, keep them coming, 704-570-9610. What you got, Walt? Well, we got some people writing in about their disappointment rankings. Mike B says, first disappointment, the entire offensive line for obvious reasons. Bryce Young is number two. He hasn't lived up to the hype in the offseason. It needs to beef up a bit. And the offseason needs, excuse me. And then three, that's where he has Brian Burns. J.C. Horn uh, also on the list. TFB says Bozeman has been really disappointing. Yet for me, I just thought that was his weakness anyway. And it, it really didn't get any better this year. Big Cat Dan says Bryce was not my pick, but Fitterer screwed Bryce. I can't have expectations on him with all the trash around him. Lena Boy 74. I'm going to say Lina Boy. Probably makes more sense. I apologize yeah. for butchering that. The entire offense. The entire offense. Everybody's getting smoked. And last one, 704 said, Walker, maybe it's a huge problem. Maybe you're lousy at evaluating NFL talent. I will say, going back to a few NFL drafts, my biggest misses, I am one that wanted Isaiah Simmons over Derrick Brown. And I was very loud about that. And just as loud as I was, is as wrong as I am now. I wanted Isaiah Simmons. I also didn't want Justin Herbert. I thought Chargers should sign Cam Newton instead of draft Justin Herbert. That's an awful miss by me. <laughs> um, I'm trying. There was one other football miss that I had that was pretty bad. I mean, we'll see about Bryce, I guess, because I would have taken him. But the Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons one, yeah, I really heard us on that one. Don't feel bad. You and I both would have been on the fire train because I wanted Isaiah Simmons <sighs> over Derek Brown, too. I get a little nervous over defensive tackles, especially picking them that high in the draft. We know with the big men, when they get the dollars, the work ethic might not be there like that. Well, it was just the pass rush, which is, I guess, and that too, that kind for me. of a thing, like but I said, not really. Yeah, yeah, if I take a D-tackle top 10, I need Warren Sapp type levels where you're talking double-digit sack guy year in and year out. That's that's what I want. I, I didn't anticipate him throwing around Chris Lindstrom and Zach Martin. Yeah. I it, Those guys are all pro guards. Yes. And he's throwing them to the side just because uh, he feels like it. It's crazy. Yeah, and K-Town Steve said uh, to my comment about the tickets, he said a $15 ticket to the NFL game is going to cost you 200 after you pay 50 for parking and 20 it's for true. beer. No thanks. Hot garbage. I'm telling you, man, NFL parking is a racket. I go out there and see some of those prices, and I'm like, Jesus. No, it's crazy. Uh, final one here from me, at least, Wes. Smitty from the city said Hayden Hurst has to be up there. Now, Hayden Hurst also had a really scary situation he that did. ended him, uh, ended, ended his season in a way that we did not expect. And so, you know, disparring that, clearly hope that he gets better because that becomes way more important than whatever he did on the football field. He opens up with a touchdown against Atlanta, Wes. We thought he was going to be a big part of a Frank Reich offense that likes to involve the tight end. And then there was just not a lot to see when Hurst was on the field. So you're right. From what he did the first half of the season, I did expect a lot more. Yeah, I definitely did as well. And now it is time, folks, without further ado, the last one of the season. The top 10 players for Tampa and Carolina, part two. I'm going to start this thing out with my first three, 10, 9, and 8. Going to start you off at number 10, 
Tristan Wurst, the offensive tackle from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's allowed five sacks this season, 24 pressures, and a 97.6 pass blocking efficiency rate. At number nine, I'm going to go with Chris Godwin. We talked about him earlier, 77 catches, 973 yards on the season. He's 19th in the NFL, though, in Yak, and he's third in total route wins, according to playerprofiler.com. Frankie Louvu is my number eight. He's 23rd in the NFL in tackles, number one pass rush grade for linebackers, according to PFF, 10 tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. Man, so what's great about this, you know how we talked about in Shrops Props that Tampa, that Carolina should not be holding anything back in the last game of a season. They're not going to see the playoffs. That's how I'm treating this top 10 list. <laughs> it's going to be crazy, folks. Okay. After hearing Wes's list already, it's going to be nuts. Let's go. In fact, I don't care about any rules because I'm having a uh, two-way tie at number 10. I'm bringing in 11 total players for the top 10 today because there's no rules. It's last football Friday of the season. I'm breaking all the rules, baby. Taylor Moten sneaking in there because I had to get a little mention at a 10. 10 and a half, 10.5. That's right. Um, We can joke, but Taylor has been pass blocking very well. I think very well all season long. Since week 10. He's been the best since week 10. I think he's been pass blocking very well all season long, but he's been the best since week 10. Run blocking, for sure. That's a weakness, and he needs to be better at that. Icky's better than him at run blocking, and so that's a weakness, but pass blocking matters a ton. This is where we about to get spicy a little bit. All right, let's go. Adam Thielen, number 10. Man, just disrespect the NFL wide receiver with 100 catches, man. Just just tell me your season How doesn't matter you? to me without telling me your season doesn't matter to hey, me. He's on the list. Hell. He's on the list. And I put Taylor Moten behind him technically at 10B. Adam Thielen is 10A. So Adam Thielen is 10A. I got Chris Godwin at number nine. Okay. I have Xavier Woods at number eight. That's who I have to start my top 10 list. All right. So 765 for me. Big Vita Vea got him in there. He's the number 16th ranked interior defensive lineman, according to PFF, with eight tackles and five and a half sacks. Adam Thielen is my number six guy. He's over 100 catches, over 1,000 yards. Enough said. What more could you ask for from Adam Thielen, a.k.a. the ageless wonder? And then my number five, the guy that Walker continually disrespects. I guess he will add safety right behind running back to positions he doesn't give a quarter about. Punters, kickers. I don't like any. I don't even like football, to be honest with you. (laughs) He's allowing a 49.8 passer rate this season. He's got two interceptions and only missed eight tackles on the season. I got Frankie Louvu coming in at number seven. I have Brian Burns coming in at number six. And this is where I have quarterback Baker Mayfield. He wasn't on the list at all last time we did this. I got Baker Mayfield coming in at number five to close us out before we get from four through one. Frankie Louvu, you know, at, at, we've mentioned it a million times, the whole coverage thing. I think the thing about Frankie Louvu that makes him deserve to be on this list, he's a really good pass rusher. Yes. And if we value pass rushers as a premium position, even if he isn't a defensive end, the guy still brings the aspect that we value most about a premium position just at a different spot. And he is also somebody that does play linebacker overall well. While coverage, even if it's below average, the fact that you have somebody that can be in coverage every once in a while, that is good against the run too from his position. So if you're good against the run and you rally to the ball, 
and you have the ability to have a couple turnovers we've seen the last few seasons, and you're just an elite pass rusher at your spot, Frankie Louvre deserves to be on this list for me. I still think Brian Burns is a really talented player. The advanced stats like him more than just the total sack numbers do. And Baker Mayfield not being on the list of being top five. I Look, all the credit in the world. He's played a lot better this year, and that's how he's a top five player in this game. All right, so my 4-3-2, number four, I've got Baker Mayfield in there. Uh, he's number nine in money throws, according to player profiler, eighth in passing yards, fourth in pass touchdowns, 14th in true passer rating. Number three, I got Big Derrick Brown holding it down. Still number one in defensive tackle, run stop, win rate. And he's close to the NFL record for total tackles for defensive linemen, which is as impressive of a feat as you can ask for uh, in this game. And then at number two, I got Mike Evans. Tenth in receiving yards, number one in receiving touchdowns, twelfth in total route wins. Uh, Mike Evans is another one of my, you know, favorite players throughout the league. Big time player. So we have a pretty big discrepancy with Adam Thielen. I believe he was sixth on your list. He's number 10A on my list. This is even a bigger gap, I believe, between us. Because I have Tristan Wirfs coming in at number four. I think Tristan Wirfs is number four because a little bit of a career achievement list, but also he's pass blocking. It is a lot of bit. Well, he's pass blocking really well this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not even just a career achievement list. If you look at what he's done, even in pass blocking, he's graded as one of the best tackles in all of football. Run blocking's been a little bit down, but I also find a lot of value in his versatility. Like, he moves over from right tackle to left tackle and just picks up where he left off. Like, to me, that's incredible. The fact that you're able to play at a Pro Bowl level, not all pro, but Pro Bowl level at both spots on the offensive line, to me, that's really hard. I remember David Bakhtiari saying one time, playing the opposite side of the line is like trying to wipe your butt with your opposite hand. Mm. It's really hard. You can probably do it, but it's not going to be nearly as efficient. Here's Tristan Wirfs doing the same thing, going from left tackle to right tackle, except being very good. I've got him number four. Number three on my list is Antoine Winfield. Dude did get snubbed, in my opinion, for the Pro Bowl. Problem is, you got a pro bowler and somebody else, I think, that got snubbed ahead of him on this list. But Antoine Winfield has been incredible. He's one of the guys that got drafted later. And NFL draft Twitter, everybody knew it. Like, what the hell is everyone doing? I think he fell even midway through the second round, maybe third, something like that. And he should have been a mid-first rounder. He's been great. And then number two on my list is Derek Brown. That's where I think he comes in. Um Enough said. We've talked a lot about Derrick Brown, one of the better players in football. All right, so to your comment about Tristan Wirfs, the reason why I had him down is he's having a little, a bit of a down year. I mean, 76.9, he's 16th overall, but that run block grade is 34th in the league. Yeah. So, you know, um, there's a lot to be desired there from him. And so my number one player on this list, though, man, I got to go with Antoine Winfield. He has been a stat-stuffing monster back there. I agree with Papa uh, Winfield saying that he got snubbed big time. Buda Baker should not be in there over him. He's got three interceptions, allowed 26 catches. Uh, he's got a 90.7 overall grade from PFF, but 117 tackles. He's only missed 10 of them. Then he's got five forced fumbles. That is a playmaker back there at the defensive back spot. And five tackles for loss. That means that guy is uber physical, and we're not talking about a big guy uh, in the least. And so the season that he's had just incredible just making plays all over the place so that's why i got antoine winfield uh number one i have mike evans it's he is a hall of famer he is still playing at a hall of fame level yeah 
I am actually absolutely you know, considering what he did in previous years, but also I don't need to. I can just go based off what he's doing this year. And he is the only wide receiver number one that has gotten Baker Mayfield to throw him the damn football. And Mike Evans is out here going for 1,300 yards, doesn't even need a week 17 to go for some crazy numbers, has been in the end zone quite a bit. He's having better numbers this year with Baker than he even did with Tom Brady, who was maybe able to get other guys involved, and that's why he wasn't the sole target. But they needed him to step up this season in a monster way, and he did. Contract year, played his way into what I think is going to be a big payday, even for a 30-year-old wide receiver. Mike Evans, number one. What more can you say about what that guy's been able to do his NFL career? Yeah, Fitty, any discrepancies with the list from what you heard? Yeah, um, I don't know, man. But did you? Yeah, all right. Well, well uh, I, I just, it's, it's, it's a simple bit. We do it every week. And Walker can't follow instructions. Shows with 11 guys just so we can get Taylor Moten's behind on the list. Like, Wes, you win. You won by default. Okay, I'll take that. Because you follow the rules. I'll take that. I was wondering what adjective he wanted to use for Taylor Moten's behind, yeah. but he just ended up saying, you know what, I'll just say behind. Yeah, he had to think pretty hard uh, mm-hmm. about that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, his bun's on the list. <laughs> his bun's behind? Yeah, Jeff doesn't like us saying the A word, mm-hmm. and so I've had to use other words behind. I was wondering why we got behind. Binds, I was like, uh, I thought he would use his favorite word because he did use the A word a lot. Rear end. Okay. Are you just talking um, about Taylor Moten's butt at this point? Yeah. You know, his bottom. Tush. Don't forget Tush. Oh, yeah. Tush is fantastic. Yeah, don't forget Tushy. Posterior. Cheeks. Derriere. All right. There we go. I don't know if I want to keep doing this. Yeah, we've We're gone through all of them. Way, way down a bad road here. I do not want to explore Listen, that any further. I, I, I'll take care of us. I'll go ahead and get us out of here, folks. Thank when you. we come back, we're going to preview uh, Panthers Bucks as far as making our picks the week that was. All of that and more. And we close this thing down f- for the week. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Show's got a little off the rails when people start texting in different names or behinds. We just keep getting them rolling in on the Carolina Men's Clinic text line. The only one I do want to say, something we missed out on, thanks to our friend Beth Troutman, Bahuni was yep. not mentioned. And I couldn't believe I forgot Keister. That's true. But Bahuni is the one that we really needed to bring up. It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wes and Walker here for one more segment. We'll get to Dryer, the week. Bahuni. We'll get to the week that was in just a moment. But now we got to make our last pick of the Panthers regular season. So here they are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You want to lead us off, Wes? You want me to go first with the pick? Yes. All right. Who do you think wins between Carolina and Tampa Bay? Uh, I'll go Tampa Bay. I think with the playoffs on the line, everything you've seen from uh, them this year as far as Baker and the way that he's played, um, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't let the opportunity slip and come in and handle business. Okay. Do you have a score? What kind of – you don't need a uh, specific score or if you can get one if you want to, but – I'm going to go 27 to 10. Okay. Oh, yo, you think it's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad one. All right. What you got, Fitty? Man, I would love to pick Carolina, send Baker Mayfield home, get Todd Bowles fired. I don't think it happens. I got the Bucks winning 24 to 13. <laughs> they want somebody fired. Oh, I'm not a big fan of Todd Bowles. Any reason why? He's not uh, vocal enough for my liking as a head coach. <laughs> okay. I want him 
out there just berating players, and he just kind of stands there. Okay. I think he's done a. I mean, I think this, he's done an excellent job. Oh, he's a really good head coach. Yeah, he you just, think he's a really good head coach? I, I, I think. I yeah, mean, Walker I think he's proven that. Walker doesn't think he's very good. Dude, I, I think he's a great head coach. Bro, I think he's he won great eleven def- games with the Jets. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. He won eleven yeah, games oh, with the Jets. Walker, what? That was disrespectful. I know, man. I know. It's always that man I, took a Bucks team nobody expected to do anything, and they're on a precipice of the playoffs. And like Fifty said, he won double digit games with the Jets too, and got a Super oh, Bowl. Also got, oh no, no, Bruce Aarons got the Super Bowl. But. I've seen that man make bonehead decision late game after bonehead decision, especially last year. <sighs> I think Fiddy, this, I, I think this what? year he earned his chops as a head coach. I mean, coach. they they if he if they lose this game, then what? They're under five hundred. Yeah. I just, all right. I just, you know, look, he, he's done a nice enough job. I don't think he deserves to be fired. I'll say that. But under 500 or just a game above 500, I'd really good job. I think that's a little stretch. But hey, different strokes, different folks, man. That's what now makes wait, the world like go around. You like Steve Wilkes or what he did. Oh, so yes. what's the difference? Because Steve Wilkes started with a one in five record. Okay, but nobody <laughs> expected Tampa to be in this position that they're in yeah but steve wilkes picking up for an entirely different team that he did not assemble whatsoever and then takes over for a regime that started one in five having to trade the best player in sure. christian mccaffrey and all of that ends up in an actual 500 record yeah yes yeah, but Bowles lost tom brady and coming into the season this was a team that we all thought was going to be at the bottom of the nfc south but the talent here the offensive line is actually good and Dave Canales, to me, is the biggest difference in what we've seen. And Dave Canales, I think, has done a really nice job with what the offense has looked like. And so, for me, I think Todd Bowles has done a nice enough job defensively. But, man, it's not like it's not like he's done a great job. But I've got my reasons as to why I think Todd Bowles – look, I don't think you should get fired. You win the division. I understand why you should come back for another year. Nah. But, man, comparing him to Steve Wilkes after Steve Wilkes took over for a 1-5 record, like that guy being able to win with even hell – how many revolving door quarterbacks did he have to use? Like, I mean, it's, yeah, I thought that was He got there with Baker Mayfield. Like, nobody thought Baker Mayfield was going to have to Todd doesn't have anything to do with the offense, though. It's still his team. The head coach, the wins and losses still lay at the feet of the head coach. You can get a credit to the coordinator all you want, but at the end of the day, it's going to be Todd Bowles that gets fired if they don't win. Well, and that's fair, but also, you might have, if they lose this weekend, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they do, you'll have more losses than wins this year. This in a true. really That's what I'm saying, because division, he's the head coach, so he deserves to get credit overall for everything how the team has been. That's fair. I I don't I don't want to strip him of all the credit. Like I just don't. Well, you, you pretty got, much are. Well, see, this is the difference, <laughs> Wes. If you don't have the exact ranking, then it's disrespectful. Because you guys are saying he's done a really good job. I think it's fair to say that's a stretch, but I don't think he's done a bad job. I just don't Man. think he's done a really good job. Hmm. But that's disrespectful. Um, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think Carolina holds back 27-24. But Tampa Bay ends up winning. And then that great coach, Todd Bowles, gets his team one win above 500, and they end up going to the postseason. See what he does? That kind of compliment. <laughs> you know, it's, what's funny is that, like, you know, it's just completely different with, like, these NBA coaches that, like, he'll sit here and cape for and defend and – He's a really great offensive mm. mind, and he's got a great scheme, and, you know, injuries, blah, blah, blah. But in the NFL, I don't think he's fine. The guy won 11 games with the New York Jets. I heard you the first eight times. He also got fired. Because he coached the Jets. <laughs> everyone gets fired, but not everyone wins 11 games. I mean, everyone – well, hold on. You know what's crazy about this? What? I'm pretty sure – I mean, I would be willing to bet a lot of money 
that we had this argument before, and I actually defended Todd Bowles against Fitty when Fitty was going in on that man. And he got fired after going 5-11, and 5-11, and 4-12, and 12, three straight years with the Jets. And the two years he's gone with Tampa, he's 8-9 and nine and 8-8, eight and eight, probably going to go 9-8. and eight. So, like, for me, really good job for somebody that is well below 500 or 500. Like, I think that's fair to say. But I also think you're changing your mind based off a conversation we had with Todd Bowles a long time ago where you were going in on him, but now he's doing the flip thing. Maybe <laughs> I was I going in on him because, you know, my team was about to play him in a playoff game. Maybe. Maybe that's the case. But also with the Steve Clifford thing, look, you will not hear me saying Steve Clifford is a really good coach. But I think Steve Clifford also has a really bad roster. I don't think that's the case with Todd Bowles. I don't think he has a really bad roster. So mm. that's the reason. Can we move on to the week that was? You think he has a really bad roster? I mean, just coming into the season, man, that quarterback was a real question. Oh, it mark. was. It was. But everything else, you know, you have. Their right. offensive line, they're okay. They're average. They're above. I mean, they're 13th according to PFF. And that's good enough to win with for sure. They have great wide receiver duo with right. two guys that are probably going to. They don't run the ball that well. though. Well, they have been lately if you look at it. So, like, they've been running better. Not at the beginning of the season, but Canales continues to stick with it. And to be fair, probably stuck with it a little too much. Like, I I don't love Canales as a head coach. Like, there's some still some things that he needs to fix. But he has gotten them to run the ball a little better. They use Rashad White more in the passing game. Baker Mayfield taking a lot less sacks this season. I think that's Baker and Canales working together on that front. And that's why I think the team, especially if you look at them getting 30 points pretty consistently, except for this last game, that's why I think Dave Canales has done a pretty good job. I give him a little more credit than what Todd Bowles has. Those are my reasons. You want to go to the week that was? Yeah, we can go ahead and go now. You're still on some other stuff, but we can go to the week that was. I'm on that true stuff. What you got for us, Fitty? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him there, Wes. We'll get him there, man. We'll be uh, sloppy because he's going to do the show Monday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, one thing we've come to learn to know about Walker is he likes to have surprises hidden from us before the show. And he's got this really weird thing where he likes to change during the show open. And he did that on Wednesday to pay off a show bet dating all the way back to Street Turkeys. Because of that, because if you donated $100 at a time, we would each have to undergo a punishment. And this is the month that we're going to try to take care of most of them. And so Fiddy has been most excited for me wearing the Bumblebee costume. I'm not quite sure, but I think a picture of me wearing said Bumblebee costume still shows up if I text slash oh, call him. Oh, it's to be plenty of content. And so today. now we're going to have plenty of content. And so we can go <laughs> ahead and get it started. Maybe we can do the war cry. I'll put on the costume. We can get off the bus, and there can just be mayhem to lead us off on Wes and Walker. Let's go, man. I'll count down to three, and then all of the chaos will ensue. Let's go ahead and start it. Yell in your cubicle. Yell at the intersection. Let's all hit it. One, two, three. Walker Woo! Wednesday! Walker Blizzard! A beast Let's get it! <laughs> <laughs> that was chaos. We hit everything. War cry, bee suit, and getting off the bus all at once. That was chaos at its finest on Wednesday. What else you got for us, Fitty? Well, I was going to ask you, you've now dressed as a bee during the first segment, and you stripped down to your Biff Poji tank top. Which one was more fun to you to surprise us with? Biff Poji. 
Cliff Pogey had a lot more. Yeah, energy he got us better it. with that because he was holding the suit and neither one of us had no clue. I didn't even. I know it was kind of Attention to the fact that he had something else in his hand. I, I was carrying it in the whole time. I kind of just forgot about. It. I thought maybe you were going to chicken out. No, I can't. I promised the good people that donated $100. You know what kind of monster I would be if I said that all to say, psych, I'm not doing anything and got people to donate to charity? I'm not like that, man. What else you got for us, Fitty? So yesterday we had uh, Paul White in studio, formerly known as The Big Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were going down memory lane. He's good friends with a, another good wrestling friend of the show, Mark Henry. And he... You know, revealed a story talking about how strong both of these guys are. But Mark is, you know, he's a strong man. That's his thing. He does things like the the big, thick, 200-and-something pound dumbbell one-handed. He picks, most people can't pick it up off the floor. And Mark carries it around like it's a water jug, you know. Oh. Like, he's on a different level. But we were talking about being strong. And I was like, yeah, I said, I know that I could grab a car door at the top. And I know I could pry the top of a car door off if I needed to get somebody out of a car I could pry the car door off if I wanted to, the top of it, bend the top over and snap the window the whole nine yards. And Mark goes, yeah, like sometimes I feel like if I get my hands, I could pull the skin off somebody. And I went, <laughs> I went, hold on. Yeah, you can. Why are you thinking that? Like, all right, man, we need 30 seconds. Just you need to let that person go hide back in the dark spot. I can't. I can't that, deal with that. I can't. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the only the only thing you can do to that person is get the car you were talking and about. And the thing yeah. about it, they're talking about this stuff casually. Like, that no. stuff regular human beings don't talk about. So, that's it's so scary for somebody that strong. You can't do anything about it. And that guy's talking about tearing skin. Nah, man. Mm-mm. I don't yeah, know why. And, and ripping the, the, the car door off. Stuff that normal people just don't even begin to even think about. I, I've ne- I've ne- never even thought about doing any of those things. And they just say it in casual conversations, man. It's crazy. You got one more for us before we end the week? I got one more for you. It started yesterday in the fishbowl in the pre-show. I was talking about figure skating. And whether or not it was a sport or not. And, well, Wes brought it to the air and... We had a conversation. Fiddy is just out here being I, reckless. Yeah. Talking I mean, should we let trash. the people know he said the figure skating is not a sport? And he said that no, with proper no. training, he could do it. <laughs> he did say, That's what he said this morning, folks. <laughs> he did. No, he did say <laughs> if I really focused on it, yeah. I could be a figure skater. And yeah. I, I guess... Win an Olympic medal in figure that? Figure skating fitty. Where does the confidence go in figure skating fitty? I mean, I'm not going to go to Olympic, you know, Olympic status, but like I figure skated as a kid. Like I was very You didn't good. figure skate. You skated. Yeah, There's you no skated. way you figure skated. I cannot believe were, that. Were you there? Did, okay. Tell me any. Figure Are you my daddy? I'm not going to say yes because you want me to and you're weird and that would just be falling right into your setup trap. Nope, I'm too smart for that now. Okay, no, I but did not no way figure, figure skate, skated. but I, I skated well enough to where like if I were to commit a month's worth of time, I could go out there and do a routine. I stand by my words. This wow. You did today. I work. It, something tells me this is the endeavor that we're actually going to embark on to really find out and I can't wait. Oh, yeah, because it's going to go... Terribly wrong for you. Oh yeah. Is that, are you gonna, like, are you gonna commit? Gently tear my ACL. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Will you cry if that happens? Are you gonna cry if you tear your ACL? Yeah. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for Weston Walker. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.